Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, hey, hey. I wish you could see me, like the way my arms move when I say it. So it totally affects the way, like, what comes out of my mouth. Hey, we're back. We're black. We're brown ambition. Hey, Mandra. What's up? How's it going, Miss Tiff? I am okay. I have an ear infection. Like, I'm five. Isn't that what babies get? <laughs> yes, it is. I don't know. I'm like, I literally woke up one day. I said, my ear feels funny. Did one so of your week- little nieces or nephews cough in your ear or something. I know, right? And honestly, I don't think it's because I don't have ear infections. So I let like a week go by and I was like, eh. and then I went away to Colorado. Oh my God. I, it was like, I took a hammer. It was like, here, let me bang it against your ear because I guess the high elevation and then the mm. flight. Oh, when that's I the worst. You, I thought I was going to like, I was like, don't weep. Do not weep on this flight. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. And I didn't, I didn't bring any ear drops or anything because like I said, it was like a dull ache. And I'm like, it'll go. Because I did a little Google search, of course. And I was like, oh, ear infections typically go away on their own. I got back and now it's like, it's turned up. It's turned. So now I have to go to the doctor, I guess, to just get some real drops. Because I've been using like drops that I got at like, you know, like the the CVS or whatever. And there it's taken down the, taken the pain down to like a mild roar versus like, kill me now. But Fun times. What about you? <laughs> I mean, your ear is awfully close to the, your brain, so I feel like you should get on that. Yeah, I am. I'm going to go tomorrow. I'm actually going to go to like one of those city, city MD places or whatever, you know, like the urgent cares, because it's not like I just need someone to say, here's a prescription for eardrops. I really appreciate those little urgent care centers before that reason, because, you know, you know when you need antibiotics and you just like wait all day in the doctor's office and... Mm-hmm. They make you weigh yourself and it's like depressing and take your blood yes. pressure and then you finally get back there and you're still waiting and he's like, oh, and you're yeah. like, I got an ear infection. I already know already. <laughs> it's like, yes. I know it's clogged up. I could barely hear out of this one. Matter of fact, you know, I should call my mom. You know what? My mom is, so, she's a, she's a nurse. Well, she's retired now, but she's a nurse. <sighs> Nurses are so extra. She's going to be like, oh my God, go to the emergency room right now. Right now. Oh. Call me when you get there. I'm headed there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to meet you there. And I'm like, mommy, I'm not. One time I remember I was like, let me, I. I was like throwing up and I had like diarrhea at the same time. And she made me call an ambulance girl. <laughs> they came to, to my condo. I had to walk to the, like, they were looking at me like, what is happening? <laughs> I'm sitting in the back. We we're chopping it up. Like, Hey girl. Yeah. And she was like, well, the reason why is because there was some, remember there was like some like weird flu going around, but like, you know, one of those, like, flu? Dead, one of these like deadly flu. So she was worried that it might be this like, 
what like swine flu or whatever flu was happening at that moment because it was like really going around and she was like and when you when you go in an ambulance they must push you to the front of the line so I was like oh you line cutter so I get there and she gets there and I was like mommy it was not this serious but she was she was adamant it was one of those things where you know where you know how you could push back to your mom like no but it was one of those moments where it's like no you are even though you're 25 you're five years old right now you better do what she says so I've learned not to tell her Unless something is really wrong, because her her answer is always go to the hospital. That is, I feel like that's like mommy answer, not just a nurse answer. But like when your mom's also a nurse, it just heightens that. I don't. We I don't know if any of you guys are listening, but I definitely just selectively choose what to tell my mother. I'll tell her I was sick like a month after I've recovered. Yeah, last month I was a little down, and she's like, "What?" I'm like, "No, it's too late. I've already recovered. There's no need for you to like. You just steal the moment from them to freak out." Yeah. Nice. Yo, my mom stays at the hospital. I'm like, I'll call. I'm like, oh, daddy, where's mommy? Oh, at the hospital. I'm like, what, what happened? Oh, I don't know. She said she woke up. She wasn't feeling right. I'm like, what, mommy, why are you? <laughs> is that her hobby now? Oh, no. You know what it is? is this that is my a problem. Mom, it's, well, because as a nurse, she always jumps from, it could be a cold. It could be death. It could be death. I have seen death walk into the hospital. And so in her, like, I remember we were at the hospital one time and this guy came in because he, he was like barbecuing with the friends and he was only like 40 years old. He's like, oh, I wasn't feeling so great. My wife made me come here to the emergency room. Turns out he had a stroke and he did not even realize it. And had he not come, his body was gearing up for another one. And so she was like, yes, see, yes, see. I'm like, but mommy, what? <laughs> oh, that's no way to live. No, but so because she, because my mom worked, in, like I said, in the hospital as a nurse for like over 30 years, I think that she's always worried like this could be the big one. I'm like, mommy. <laughs> Uh, she knows yeah, too I much. Yeah, she, exactly. She has seen too much. So, I mean, like I said, right now, it's not, it's, it's just weird because I, I feel like there's like an echo in my head because one ear is like, yeah, we're not participating today. <laughs> so, we'll hope you get better soon. At least get it checked out before it gets any worse. You know, I am. I'm going to go tomorrow. But so before we got on the call today, I was like, hmm, I should randomly, I decided I should raise the credit credit limits on um, on two of my credit cards because. I, I use them a lot for um, business and marketing. So we, we tend to like charge a lot. And so we have a new um, marketing person that does our YouTube ads. And I was like, "Mm, the limit on my bank of America card, I think it was like, I want to say 38,000. And I was like, let's see if we can get it to 60 call bank of America within five minutes. You know, they, they were able to get me to 48, which I was like, "Mm, fine and close enough. And then I called the chase card. Remember that chase got to go on the run. (laughs) Chase good time card. (laughs) so i called chase and they denied me i was like i'm unsure why i'm like what why i'm not dare they did you tell them who you are (laughs) but i was just like i don't get it why is this your personal credit card or is it like that you use for business or are these business well you the chase card i know it's like a personal one but it's the b of a card yeah i'm trying to figure out why i guess I'm, i'm assuming they're gonna you know send me like a um they said she said she's gonna send me like uh, I, I don't know if it's an email or just a letter saying why, but my credit score is like eight hundred. I think like last time I checked it was like seven eighty nine or something like that for you know. So I've got great credit. My my um my income is like um like on the uh, flex on them flex. No, but like you know I was like I honestly said on the phone I was like well I don't understand I, I make mid six figures. And I'm like, and then on top of that, adding Superman's income and that like, you know, like I pay the card off, like I I pay it regularly. So I'm really, I'm curious and I'll let you guys know. I'm curious to know like, why, why was I denied? (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) I don't, and honestly, I have no, and I asked her, I was like, well, 
I know it's not income. I know it's not credit score. Um, the thing is, what it, what it could be is that um, we use the card a lot. And even though we pay it off, if you, you could catch me on a day where we're, where we're like, like we have a high limit, you see, a high balance. You know what I mean? Sometimes we're that limited. will actually encourage issuers to increase your credit limit. That's what I would think. But I'm actually I, thinking it's because your limits are already high. Like what was the limit on the... The limit on the on the Chase card is uh fifty three thousand. So maybe they're like, "Girl, we're here." Yeah, then maybe they have like a, a max limit that. And also, I know with Chase especially, they they will. And when they're they're looking at you know credit limit increases, they'll look at your other limits on your other cards and how much available credit is you know how much credit is available to you. And maybe they're just deciding you got enough temptation as it is. Oh, how much available? I was gonna say because honestly, like all, like we pay the cards off. In full, like all the business and my personal cards, I, I pay them off in full every month. So I don't have, like, I was looking at my Bank of America card, even though the limit was 38000 I think my, my balance was like 2000 And the chase was a little bit high. That's why I was, that's the only thing I was thinking of the 50, 53000 Currently, the, the balance is like 23000 but that'll be paid off today. So I'm like, I wonder if that's it. So either way, I'm curious to see what the, when the letter comes in the mail, I'll share because like I said, I know it's not credit score. I know it's not income and I know it's not payment history because we're just not late. So I'm just, well, you know, I'm, I don't think we've been late. I don't know, but I definitely was like, wait, what? And she was like, I, I mean, I, I asked Bank of America for 60. They gave me 48. I figured they weren't going to give me like a hundred thousand. What I really need to do honestly is I need to get an American express card. Yeah. If you're using it for business, I feel like business lines of credit or like a business credit card might have that high limit that you No, need. actually, surprisingly, they don't. The reason why we use like the other cards is because like the business cards that we have right now, maybe because we, we just, we like in the last year or so is when I got a business because we never really needed credit cards. And I, the one thing I would tell y'all, if y'all have businesses is to right away, straight away, go get a secured card straight away. Because it, you don't want to wait until you need credit before, you know, you go, you ask for it. Because now the, the, the limit right now for my um, business cards, because they're fairly new, is $10,000. And that's not enough. That's mm -hmm. why we've been using offsetting with my, you know what I mean? Because technically I really should be using my card, but whatever. Um, well, the benefit is <laughs> that points. both of those, what? Mandy, what I tell you? <laughs> The Bank of America card points, I have 689,000 points. On Chase, I have 420,000 points. Child, I can go to Zimbabwe and get a zebra and come back. Okay. <laughs> so can, can, can I have some? Can I, can I get some of them points? Don't You don't tell people that. Like my little brother travels for work. He uses his personal card and like all of us know about it. And I'm like, so you're going to fly mom and sister out for the baby yeah. shower, right? So all my sisters already asked. My sister Karen was like, so... Um, trying to go to Drina's wedding, need some points. <laughs> and I was like, sure, girl. But yeah, I'm definitely the go-to because most of my travel is, is like paid for by a client. So I honestly don't even get to use my points as much, although I'm going to a wedding at the end of this month in Chicago. So finally, Superman and I will be able to use some points, but... Can y'all take a I, vacation or something? I know, I do. I want to, I told them, I'm like, I actually want to do like a do it up vacation. Like I want to use like 600,000 points on one vacation, you know, like something really like fancy that we wouldn't pay out of pocket normally. Um, yeah. Like use the points yeah. on a hotel, which I would never do. Yeah. So normally that's what I'm because honestly they, they're, they're racking up and I'm like, at this point is this is, it's, it's just, they expire. Ridiculous. you have to think about that um, too. Yeah. So some, I don't, they don't expire like as one lump sum, but sometimes they'll be like, mm, if you don't, 
if you don't book something or whatever within this month, whatever tips, you're going to lose a hundred points. So it's almost like they expire rotationally on one of the cards, I believe. Um, I think I saw like an email like that from Bank of America, but don't quote me. But yeah, so we shall see. But I do think it's time for like an American Express card um, uh, because we need a card where we don't have to worry about limits because there's always this like, hey, we close, hey, we close. And I'm not going to lie, like my credit score was the mid, like, you know, like um, maybe like at 8, 10, 8, 20, but it dropped a little bit because, you know, sometimes a credit card, our, our balance will be high in comparison to the limit, even though we're paying it off. I mean, not, I don't necessarily need credit right now, and my credit score is still considered in the perfect credit range, but that is definitely something that I'm mindful of. Like, uh, could y'all pay this card off? Because, mm, like, the, yeah. the finance team. Because right now the balance is a little high. Yeah, and it could be also that you had a, you know, you were half utilized on that card when you asked for the credit limit increase. I was thinking yeah. that. I wonder if it's I better to I'm wait until you've paid it off and then. Yes, and I got saw on the phone, she could care less. You know what? So did you like, call to the request? Sorry. Did you call the request or did you do it online? I called. Okay. I was like, hey, so can I? She was like, yeah, no. She didn't say like that. <laughs> she didn't say, yeah, no, but basically her tone was that. I was like, but I don't understand. You know, I did I, this, 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 this. And she's like, well, we'll send an email or a letter saying why. I said, but I don't understand. She's like, we'll send a letter. Like, girl, her tone was like, sis, I'm not going to do this with you. I already told you a letter will be sent. I was like, okay. <laughs> so shout out to the chase girl i wasn't trying to get attitude i just was confused <laughs> do you know uh, did i say tiff my full name tiffany the budget nista at least it was so cute the bank of america lady was so cute she was like because when i told her like oh this is my score this is what i make she was like well well what do you do baby <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure you're not supposed to ask that and i was like oh you know, I was like, I have an online school. She's like, you are a teacher at an online school? What school? And I was like, no, I own the online school. She's like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes work. But I'm like, uh, is this part of the script? Because you have to. <laughs> what do you do, baby? I love yes, it. But yes, it was clearly an older black lady, and I was just, like, loving it. She was so cute. She was like, and then the moment I hung up, and she was like, because, I, you know, online school, I guess she was thinking kids. She's like, well, I just want to thank you for what you're doing for the kids out there, because clearly you're doing well. I'm so proud of you. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you, Miss Ma'am, and thank you for my increase. <laughs> oh, that every customer service rep could be a nice uh, old black lady. Yes. <laughs> just my Aunt Brenda on every, yes. <laughs> every customer service call. Well, first of all, they would never end. Like, you would never get off yeah, the phone. Oh, yes. That'd be the downside. Did she say she's proud? Oh, thanks. I was like, okay. <laughs> well, over here in my credit world, so I I have been considering shutting down some of our credit cards, even though that goes against general wisdom. One, it would reduce the age of our credit. Two, and my credit, uh, age of my credit, which can hit my score. And two, it would reduce the available credit limit that I have, which um, could reduce my score even more. But I just like... I I've been getting mail like letters in the mail recently from credit from credit cards that I've had for a long time saying, you know, we're going to close your card because you haven't used it. And I know what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to like put the Netflix account on those old cards and just keep them going so that you have them forever. But I don't know. I've been lazy. I've just been letting cards close on their own. And it hasn't, you know, my score hasn't gone down uh, because I've recently had a couple cards from like 2009 2008 that have been closed because I just haven't used them. And I'm thinking, you know, I, I wouldn't mind simplifying our wallet a little bit. And honestly, if our score does go down, it'll come back up. And we don't necessarily need, have a big need for like 
like we're not applying for a mortgage right now or a loan or have any plans to apply for or borrow anything right now. So do I really need to be obsessing over my credit score as much? That's kind of like where I'm at. Got any advice? That's a, that's a question from a listener, <clears throat> Mandy Woodruff. Uh, Tiffany, do you have any <laughs> advice for her? Well, I mean, it, it, to me, here's the thing. I mean, if you don't need the car, if there's nothing necessarily wrong. Well, one, is it the cars that you are going to close? Are they are they your oldest? Like, like, what's the what's the like, how long ago did you get them? Uh, I would say they're not they're not old. They're probably okay. in the last three years because, you know, they, okay. I got like I got, you know, a card, a cashback card that at the time was the best all in the best um, everything cashback card at the time is like 1% on 1.5% on everything. But now I've got the city double cash card, which gives me 2% cash back. So mm. I don't really need that one. And I opened that one a few years ago and I'm not using it. And I'm like, it's only a matter of time before they tell me they're going to shut it down probably. Yes. So, so that's one thing to consider. So since you're not like, for example, I'm not going to ever close my bank of America card. This is the very first card I ever got. I was 18. So it's like, 20 years old. So I'm like, sis, we rocking out because it helps with my length of credit history. So that's one. If it's three years old, okay. And then two, you said all the rest of your cards are basically paid off, right? Yeah, we're not we're not carrying debt month to month. So then that means that like it's not going to negatively affect your utilization. So for those listening, what that means is so let's just say Mandy has one card and it's a hundred dollar limit and she's got another card, it's a hundred dollar limit. Card number one um, she's not using it. So $100 limit, zero balance. Card number two, she has a $50 balance. So card number two is, is she's using half of it. So what that means is right now, collectively, on average, between the two cards, Mandy has a 25% utilization because one card is not used at all and one card is only half used. The average of those two, 25%. Mandy closes the not used card because she's not using it. Now all of a sudden she has one card car- carrying her utilization. And now she went from 25% utilization to 50% because that card was half being used. And so she took her utilization and doubled it, which is not good. You want to keep your utilization ideally under 30% of, of, of the average of your cards. But if you've got two cards with 0% utilization and you get rid of one, you're still at 0% utilization. So honestly, I don't think it's going to be. And also too, credit is one of those things where if you were 80 and you were like, oh, my credit score, I'm like, sis, are you trying to buy a house? Like, what are we doing? Your credit to me is really only as important as the situation demands. You're looking to buy a house, you guys bought one. Looking to buy a parked car, you guys bought one. You know, you're looking for a job, you guys have one. These are things that, that your credit score are affected by. And you're going to rebound fairly quickly anyway because you're responsible with your credit if you do take a dip. So I don't think it's going to be some some huge dip, not, not one that you, you can't recover from. So I'd say, you know, cut them if you don't need them. Yeah, I think what I'm going to do too, and those are all good points. I think they have like credit card simulation tools. I think Credit Karma has yeah. one. I think even Chase has one through their credit journey platform. And I can just see what would happen if I closed a couple of my I like that newer cards just to take a little look-see. But our credit's in great shape. And I just, you know, I just feel like there's just, I don't know, I just want to, I'm just in like a, maybe it's just the nesting thing. I'm in a very like Marie Kondo mode right now. I reorganize. Like, I just, just get the clutter out, man. I'm just like clutter is dry. clutter is my trigger right now. It is just dry. Any clutter I see, I'm, I just had my assistant reorganize our snack drawer at the office, and she's like, "I'm entertaining you because of the fetus. I, <laughs> I really could have better things to do than organize our snack drawer, but like it's driving me nuts. Um, yeah, so I'm like, my wallet. How can I? How can I simplify my financial <laughs> life right now? I love that. 
Yes. Well, let's change the subject real quick because I got a question from one of my, uh, like a couple of friends over the weekend who got emails about this Equifax settlement. Yeah. Did you get an Equifax email? So this is all, how long has it been since that massive data breach? Was that like a year, two years ago? It was two years ago, right? It was a long time ago. So finally, they've reached this big settlement. It's like $700 million and hundreds of millions, like tens of millions of consumers impacted um, are eligible or, you know, have been said that they're eligible for up to $125 in cash to pay for, you know, the wrongdoing of Equifax in this data breach. Well, it turns out, of course, there's all these asterisks with that $125. And one of them is that, so when the breach happened, victims were offered free credit monitoring service. And in order to qualify for the $125, apparently you have to show that you've already participated in some form of credit monitoring or have some kind of protection protection in place to stand any chance at actually getting that cash. Um, the alternative is you can either you either out qualify for the $125 or you can accept free credit monitoring from Equifax. So if you were expecting an easy hundred bucks, you ain't going to get it. Probably what you can what if, get. Like, what if you, like, if you sign, what if you, um, does it have to be with Equifax, the, um, the credit monitoring to prove that? Could you do like credit, credit Sesame, credit, um, credit karma? That's what this, I'm reading this on market watch. It seems like if you were in, if you were enrolled in any kind of credit monitoring since the okay. data breach happened, then you could qualify for the 125. But if you didn't, okay. if you like refuse their credit monitoring, didn't do mm. other credit monitoring yourself, which I'm assuming a lot of people did, um, then you may not be eligible for the mm. for the 125. And I wanted to also take this chance because, you know, when these big settlements go out, sometimes scammers can use it as an opportunity to send out phishing scams, things yeah. like, ooh, did you know that you may be eligible for $500 in the Equifax data breach settlement? You know, click this link and give me your social security number. Don't fall for those types of scams. I haven't seen I haven't seen articles or anything written about any of these scams popping up. But since these emails are now going out to people, they started going out this past week. Um, just be on alert. And I, I will put the link in the show notes. But um, you can go to EquifaxBreachSettlement.com um, to, to find information on how you can file a claim or see if you're eligible for something. And I'll also post a link to the, the FTC.gov um, case page as well where you can follow updates. So... Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. (laughs) 
These are our questions. Something. So- I still don't know that daggone confession song. Isn't that a shame? Um, these are- <laughs> for those of you, I'm trying to do the confession song by Usher, and I still don't know the words. We're here for something. you. We'll let you work through it. Right. <laughs> Man, I'm something. Uh, you know, I'm the worst. I could never do name that tune. Um, anyway, it's time for questions, my favorite part of the show, because you guys ask amazing questions that stretch us, make us grow. Most of the time, Mantra and I are on the same page. Sometimes we have differences of opinion. <sighs> then we battle it out to the death. And whoever wins, it's that's a cat fight. <laughs> no, just joking. Um, yes, questions. Question. So we've, I'm going to hit up Instagram first because we got a couple of good questions there. And again, you guys can send us your questions on by direct message on Instagram uh, at Brown Ambition Podcast on Instagram, or you can email us directly at Brown Ambition Podcast at gmail.com. You can also go to brownambitionpodcast.com and click Ask Us Anything. So let's go with Listener. She's at Katrine, Katrine on Instagram. And this is a creepy financial advisor question. She says, so I know this person who's a financial advisor. He's helped me invest in a mutual fund. He's been pressing me lately for a bit to look at my life insurance. So I let him see it. And he told me there were other insurance policies that he could provide with better benefits. He followed up and I told him I wasn't ready to make any changes. He pretty much sent me a message saying, what do I need more time to think about? And that it's a no brainer. I always feel pressured by him and I don't feel comfortable when he does that. I've had this issue before, feeling like he's being pushy to get me to do certain things. My question is, is this normal? Honestly, well, I don't know. Honestly. Ooh, that's, remember that song? Do you know that song? Honestly. Anyway. Okay, um, Tess. Focus. <laughs> I know. So I wouldn't say, honestly, most financial advisors and planners, I don't find them to be terrible people. But every once in a while, you get one. He sounds like one of them. Um You should not feel pressured by any service provider, doctor, lawyer, you know, um, um, uh, financial plan advisor. Here's the reason why he's pressuring you is because he gets paid when you buy things from him. And that's a, a huge red flag because if he's pressuring you, are you looking to how is that in your best interest? It sounds like he's just trying to make a sale um, and you're not wanting that. You should always find a financial planner that you get to drive the boat and you never feel like this person is pushing you towards something because it's in their best interest. Like honestly, financial planners and advisors are supposed to be fiduciaries, meaning that they're supposed to put your interest above, um, above like profit in their interest, but not everyone follows that rule. So I would drop him like a hot cake sister child. Um, so like I interviewed about 13, 14 because I'm extra financial planners before I found the financial planner that I'm with now. And that's something I look out for because I am a punk deep down inside And, um, I'm someone who is like, you know, like if you, like you could punk me like, you know, like Tiffany, come on, Tiffany. And I'm like, well, I just, okay. uh, uh, uh." I know that about myself. And so I purposely don't surround myself with people that would put me in that position. And so, you know, I wouldn't, I would drop him like a hot cake and you don't have to explain, like there are financial planners that have done that to me. And then I literally just stopped picking up the phone. Like, like, because I don't even, I'm not good at confrontation. It's something I'm working on um, where I'm like, you know, I've asked for something and they, they try to convince me of something else. And I'm like, well, I don't feel comfortable with that. They try to shame me. And I'm like, you know what, why am I going back and forth? I just will transfer my accounts to, to elsewhere. Once I, once I find someone new and then they call, 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 text, text, text. And I just ignore it because honestly, I don't owe you an explanation. If, if, you know, like if someone treats me well, then yes. But if someone's mistreated me, mm-mm. I would run for the hills and find someone 
who is not trying to, um, you know, basically just make money off of you. Cause it, how do you even know that's the right decision? Like, yeah, my financial planner now, I put her through the ringer. Poor Angelie. Hey, girl. I was like, and then, and then, and I don't want this. And you better not say that, girl. You better, you know, because I was so nervous because my last one was such a bully. And she was like, that's fine. Mm-hmm, sure, sure. I was like, oh, Angelie's nice. Okay. So then I could let go of my, let, like, let down my guard. And I have not feel pressured, not once. She's awesome. So find you an Angelie. Okay. And when you're vetting financial advisors, don't be afraid to ask them, how do you make money? Like, just ask that. That's a fair question. It's an absolute, everyone should ask that question so you understand where their motivations are. And that's why we're fans of fee-only planners because you usually pay an upfront fee for their services and none of their advice comes with strings attached. They're not going to be referring you to products or investments that they make a kickback from because that's kind of the old school model of financial planning. You know, you buy this insurance who I'm affiliated with and I get a kickback or you invest in this fund and I get a cut of, you know, the the fund fees that you pay. Um, so just ask that key question. And like Tiff said, um, be be confident in walking away when you're being mistreated. And it sounds a little bit awkward because you know this guy, but whatever. If he asks you why you haven't responded, you know, he probably benefit from you telling him the truth. Like he's too damn pushy. Mm-hmm. See, that's Mandy. I'd be like, uh, uh, so, uh, <laughs> passive aggressive. <laughs> yes, I am. Oh my God. I don't know if it's because I'm a middle child, but I'm definitely like, yeah, sad. So yeah, kind of, sort of, maybe, uh, I was sick and the dog, yeah. So I don't even have a dog, but yeah. So that's I just cool. like, I've learned about me that like, I honestly don't, I make sure that my, the service providers, like my doctor, my attorney, my, my, um, accountant, like I'm really, really careful about, um, personality matches with them because I don't like, I, you know, there's enough in life that you have to battle against. I don't want to have to, some people are good at it. Like I find like, for example, my, my, my best friend, Drina is really good at like, you know, people don't punk her, but like, I know me. So knowing that and knowing you, I mean, not that you're like me, but knowing, know, knowing yourself, you have to just make sure that whoever that you choose as who is going to offer you financial advice, that you're going to feel super comfortable with them the same way you want to feel super comfortable with your doctor, because you basically have to tell them all your business so they can fully help you. And if you don't feel comfortable enough to do that, like I was just talking to Carlos, who's my accountant the other day, and he, I'm, I'm introducing him and Angelie. Um, because it's important that my accountant and my financial planner know, you know, know what's going on. And, and Carlos texts me, he's like, Hey, you know, I'm about to send over your tax information to Angelina as requested. Um, you know, I have some like, um, feedback to share, but I don't want to seem like I'm bashing you. I said, Carlos, I know I'm a mess. Tell my business, tell it all, Carlos. And he was like, okay. Cause I've already vetted Angelina. You have to be in a position where I'm like, he can share the good, the bad, what he feels like I could be doing better because Ultimately, that's how both of them are going to help me and and, and Superman do better. But I only can open up um, to to folks that I can fully trust and they've earned my trust. So make somebody work and earn your trust. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's take one more question. This one comes from an Instagram user who'd like to remain anonymous. Perfectly fine. Okay, she says, I have a question about health insurance. I just turned 26 and I'm no longer eligible for coverage under my mom's plan. I'm an independent contractor, so I don't qualify for benefits with my job. Should I shop for plans on my own? If so, where do I start? How do you choose a plan? Thank you for your time. Ooh, turn in 26. So this all ties back to the Affordable Care Act. And thank goodness, you know, the Republicans or Trump haven't succeeded in dismantling it entirely. At this point in time, if you're up to 26 years old, you can still piggyback on your parents' health plan without needing to get your own plan. But yeah, once you're 26, it's time to grow up um, and find your own. 
if you're if you're looking at getting a health plan through the uh, health insurance marketplace, you can go to healthcare.gov to get started. Some states have their own marketplaces set up. I think New York City is one of them, for example. But it's basically the same thing. You can shop and compare plans right there um, in their own little uh, in their own little system, and it should be relatively easy to do. But that's maybe where I would start. That's good. And also, too, um, there's that website. Is it still up? Let me check. It's Policy Genius. Yeah, Policy Genius. Is, yeah, they still exist. Yeah. So it, it, it's just this like free website. I remember years ago when I was looking for insurance, what I liked about it is that like I kind of because I went to the, you know, whatever the affordable health care website was. And I was like, mm, confused. But one, I did like the fact that I did get on the phone with a like a, um, a woman who was super nice and she really helped to help me to like navigate. But what I liked about Policy Genius is that I put in all my stuff and it waded through for me. It was like here, based upon what you said, Tiffany, here are the three that will fit. And Policy Genius doesn't just do, I'm just looking at it now. Back then it was just health insurance, but now it looks like they have life insurance, auto insurance, disability. They can even, they even do an insurance checkup. I'm like, okay, Policy Genius. But like I said, back then I, I used it specifically and I found this is before I got married and I got my good insurance. Um, and so, um, like my husband's got great insurance because he works for the, uh, the state, well, the city, but he's got state insurance, but anyway, but before then, yeah, policy genius was just an easy tool and it was easy to navigate and I wasn't so like overwhelmed. But one thing I wanted to clarify, um, I mentioned the tax penalty. So one thing that the Republicans have done in Congress or, uh, elected officials have done is starting in 2019, I'm getting this from healthcare.gov right now, starting in 2019, the tax penalty for not having insurance no longer applies, which means if you don't have health insurance in 2019, when you go to file taxes in April, 2020 for this tax year, um, you won't have to worry about a tax penalty. So that, um, you know, doesn't quite incentivize people to have insurance anymore, which kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Now it's time to boost a break for all our ambition family. Will you boost? Will you break? What will you do, Mandy? Hey, will you boost or will you break? What will you do, Mandy? Hey, will you boost or will you break? What will you do? This is the singing edition. We need to name this. This is like singing double Dutch. I'm like, where do I jump in? (laughs) We're gonna call this um. We're gonna call this the musical edition. So are you gonna boost? Are you gonna break? I'm gonna do a boost. I'm gonna do a boost. Um, I saw this article. I don't know. It came up. Let me see. Maybe a week ago in the Washington Post, and actually a couple of our listeners sent it to us on Twitter and through email. So thank you guys for sending us great reading material. But there's an article in the Washington Post. The headline was "This is This Isn't Another Horror Story About Black Motherhood." And it's by Helena Andrews Dyer, who actually was one of the women who apparently founded this conference called the Momference, which is a gathering. Uh, it just happened this past May, and they're doing another one in 2020. But it was meant to be an opportunity and a place for women of color who are either have kids or are expecting kids or want kids or whatever to get together and be just live in yourself, like just express yourselves, be in one group together and kind of like get a get away from the headlines around black mother mortality because a few years ago what prompted this is 
you know, all those headlines, there was, there was just like the, the headline after headline, story after story about how black women in America have higher mortality rates um, in during childbirth, have more complications, more likely to die in child labor, you know, really, really depressing statistics and important statistics because it's important for us to understand how our healthcare system mistreats women of color. But mm. these women essentially said, you know, let's, let's get together and celebrate black motherhood. Let's get together and celebrate black Black Woman Joy, and they created this um, conference called the Momfriends. So I wanted to give them a shout out and give this article a shout out because as a woman of color who's having a child right now um, or going to have a child soon, um, I just found this really heartening, especially because like I know last week we were talking about the isolation you can feel when you're about to have a kid. I definitely feel a little isolated, you know, being in my bubble in the suburbs, away from the city now, away from a lot Mm -hmm. of my friends and I was like, damn, maybe I should go to the mom friends. This sounds kind of dope. Oh, that's, that, that sounds dope. Yeah. So check it out. The website is, let me see, the mom friends, like mom, M-O-M, friends, like conference.com. Check it out. Okay. Well, I am going to boost. Just a simple boost. Um, lately, my, um, my designer um, is taking me round and round to these um, – kind of like mom and pop, like, you know, secondhand thrift stores, but they're like really beautiful, beautifully curated. And I just want to shout out one that I went to today. Um, it's run by Miss um, uh, Ramia. Oh, I'm going to say her name wrong. No, yeah, no, it is Miss Ramia. And she was just so nice. So first of all, I walked in, she's um, a woman of a certain age. And I walked in, so, and she was like, oh, Pachinista? So, so shocking. Cause I was like, okay. She looks like she like around my mom's age. So I thought that was cute. And, but honestly, her shop is so beautiful and this stuff is so curated and just, she loves mud cloth, which is a traditional, like, I don't know if it's African-American or African, but either way, it's just a beautiful fabric that she gets a lot of her things um, reupholstered in. But it just was such, such a happy, beautiful place. She used to work on like Wall Street, super badass finance lady, I think for a long time. And then was like, you know what? Y'all not finna kill me up in here. Got to start my own thing where I can control my own energy. And her place is absolutely gorgeous. And the energy in, the, in her place is just absolutely gorgeous. And I don't know, lately I've just been really like enjoying like, oh, picking out like really personal pieces versus, I mean, don't get me wrong. Wayfair has held me down for like the, like, you know, the big things. But now I'm trying, I'm starting to get into the weeds of like a stool and a little tray, you know, and those things that like make all the difference. So just shouting her out. Her, her store is called Meru Amina Vintage Gallery, Vintage and Gallery. And she is located in Bloomfield, New Jersey. So that's Meru, M-E-R-U, Amina Vintage and Gallery. And just, you know, and oh, and her, um, her, her Instagram, in case you want to see some of her things because they're beautiful, is Anora, A-N-O-A-R-A-H. I am a Honora Ramia. I'm like the worst. Like you would think I was never teaching preschool and I can read. I can read and spell. But either way, I'm just sharing it just because I just love to see another sister who has, you know, like chosen how she wants her life to go. And it's not traditional and um, it's beautiful. You know, the environment she's created is beautiful. The pieces she has in there are beautiful. They're so well priced. I mean, I bought some things today that I mean, I honestly probably bought six things today. Three hundred dollars, and one of them was a rug. All together, a rug itself is usually three hundred. Let alone a rug, two lamps, a tray. I mean, just 
yeah, the Bajanista in me was gleeful and, and jumping up and down. But then the Tiffany in me, the African girl in me was like, yes, for these beautiful like items and things that people love before you could feel, feel the love when you touch them. So that is my, um, that's my boost or whatever, you know, just like supporting local businesses, especially women owned businesses, especially women owned Brown businesses. Um, so yeah, that's my boost. Well, thanks for making me feel like crap because I had a real, I had a real bad emotional spending spree at Home Goods last Friday. <laughs> I'm not oh, gonna lie, but, but, but that's <laughs> no. I live at Home Goods. And honestly, that, that's why I said it's, it's been nice because honestly, it's been Home Goods, it's been Pottery Barn, uh, Wayfair, All Modern. They've gotten like most of my money, so it's been nice to kind of like I would say the last uh, week. Um, um, my designer Rihanna, um, she's remained home on Instagram. She has been taking me to these like smaller places, which has been nice because honestly, I have not, this is like the first time we've done that. Um, so yeah, no, believe me, Home Goods has gotten all my coin. I'm like, and here's some more and some more. So like I said, it was nice to kind of go someplace where I got things. Cause honestly, the truth is some of the things that I purchased would be two or three times more if I were to see them at Home Goods. So to get a good deal, to support a local business and, you know, to bring some soul into the house is really nice. Love it. Shoot me the link and I'll put it in the show notes. That's the show. Thanks for coming. <laughs> the Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets, On the Market, Rookie Real Estate, or Money Podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets Podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.